Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but... It's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. And today we have some stuff to talk about. Um, but uh, hey, we're going to start on a down note because that's the way to start a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're really fucked when there's a down note. It's like, do you do you start there? Do you end there? Because that's not good either. Do you try to slip it in the middle? But then it seems like it doesn't matter. You just fuck yeah, either like, way. Like, yeah, and I don't know how much we're going to just be on this or we're going to be on later. Um, but uh, let's just call it out uh, right on Front Street here. Uh um, Aaron Eisenberg, the actor who portrayed Nog in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, passed away um, really suddenly um, last uh, early this week. Um, uh, the cause of death is not entirely known. Uh, he was uh, he'd been sick on and off. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but he uh, he was rushed to the hospital um, very suddenly and died very quickly after that. And uh, I thought that we would have a little bit of a of time to talk about him and to talk about Nog and to sort of talk about what that Ferengi meant to us. Uh, but um, did you, like, I guess Mr. A told you about it this year? Or this year, this week? Um, yeah, I think he mentioned it, like, yesterday or something. And I was like, wait, what? Because, like, you know, it's not like he's... He, relatively young you know what i mean it wasn't that's always so much sadder um at least when somebody has like a nice long full life to give what they have to the world it's you can you sort of use that as a balm you know um and when it, when they're young like you can't look at it it's the truth because we were just talking about um i think he made a reference to star trek uh he was like i can do this i can do this and I was like, I don't, yeah. I haven't been able to watch any of those movies since his death, just because it makes me sad, you yeah. know, because it's so it, young, and it's like, and I don't know how I'm gonna feel about, you know, trying to rewatch DS Nine and seeing Nog be all like full of life and and fun and funny and see, because he's such an interesting character, and um, and not have that bring me down, you know. I think we um I think characters like his are are in particular it's like a triple edged sword with this guy. Um the first being that yeah, he was like objectively very young. He was 50 years old. Uh and uh and so that is when any like whenever there's somebody that you kind of watch go through life and stuff and and you've had an attachment to and you know again, we've talked about how you get emotional attached emotionally attached to characters. Um as, as do I. Uh, to to suddenly have them taken away, um, especially since I, you know, he and I were Facebook friends, and occasionally I would comment on his stuff, and he would respond. He commented on a thing of mine once or twice, and I was like, "Oh, cool, Nog is commenting." I would always like 
Like, wait, Kelly, because I'm always like on Facebook at two in the morning. So I wait, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Oh, uh, Mr. J. Oh, messed that one up. Uh, Mr. J, Mr. J, Mr. J. Um, wake up, wake up, wake up. Why? Uh, what do you want? No, come um, Oh, no, look, see, look, he, he liked what I said. I'm trying to sleep. Um, <laughs> I totally so, get it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he was he was accessible. He was he was he was accessible to to fans, and he made fans into friends. And that's that's sword number one of the triple edged sword. Sword number two is that uh, is that he played um, a young character, and we saw him. His character was a, basically a child. We watched him grow up, and yep. that is even harder because you feel like you you watch somebody who is full of promise, even though. This character is nothing like Aaron Eisenberg. I mean, this you know, Aaron Eisenberg is not a Ferengi from a Ferengi culture who was raised in space on a space station. I mean, clearly right. they have, yeah. That's but you watch, but you still you, feel th- like you watch him like grow up. Yeah, you um, know. And then the 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 third edge to a sword like this is uh is these shows that we love that are right on the cusp cusp of of modern television that we've talked about a lot that uh you know shows that are specifically serialized um deep space nine is still an sd when you watch it it's not an hd and that's the one thing that gives it sort of the gloss of being of the past but in every other kind of measurable way yeah it doesn't have the shaky cam and lens flares of of discovery but it's sort of in the same vein you can see that they're very much related you can see that ds9 was right on that on that beginning of you know ds9 you know, then it it would spill over into Buffy, which came out kind of around the same time, and then forward into Lost, and then the modern era of television where everything is sort of serialized. And DS9 seems like it's of the time that we are still in, if that makes any sense. And because so, yeah. it seems that it's of the time that we're still in, it's not like watching the original series or even like watching Next Gen, which seems of a bygone era. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you mean like in the terms of the storytelling, like there's in you know like next gen there's certainly like little character things and growth stuff that does carry over somewhat but it's definitely much more that old paradigm where you sort of have that here's the the episode arc that's what's happening this week you know what i mean and And it happens and it's done and and it doesn't matter if you watch it out of order necessarily to some extent um yeah because they were kind of starting to do that a little bit, uh, too. But DS9, really, by the later seasons, like, if you weren't watching it back to back to back, you would definitely be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So, so because it seems so modern and seems of the time now, it's really easy to forget that the show went off the air yeah. in 2000. The show went off the air 20 years ago. So not only, you know, one, he had this growth issue and we'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, but he was a he was a little guy who always looked younger than he was Two, We saw him grow up and three, he is forever frozen in that age. You know, when I see characters from Buffy, you know, because Buffy eventually was an HD season seven was an HD. It was 16 by nine. It looked just like any other show on television. And I see what they look like now. I'm like, this cannot possibly be true. These people cannot look this way now because I remember them and they look that way. They can't be, they can't look, you know, 15 years older now than they used to. And, and you go, this show went off the air 
off the air almost 20 years ago. Most of what we saw of it is like 25 years old. So we were watching a 25-year-old who looks like he's like 20, and he's stuck in that age in our head. You know, it's not like William Shatner, who we watched grow old, and even in the time that he played, it seems like a bygone era. Like, if I were to, not that anyone from I Love Lucy is still alive, but let's say one of them was. Let's say Lucy was still alive, and she was an old, a super old woman. Okay, when we see Dick Van Dyke, there's a great example. You see Dick Dick Van Dyke now, he's 90 years old, and you see him, and you're like, geez, that guy's old. But that guy, like, didn't do, like, he did... He did like all the early stuff, and then I saw nothing until he was doing uh, um, Diagnosis Murder, which suddenly he was an old man in that. And he's just gone from like old man to like older man. Um, And so there's not like, there's not that divide where like somebody stopped and then you see them and they're just an old person with a walker. Like they, like he is frozen in time as seeming 21 in my mind. Yeah. So. So that being the case, and, and and behind the makeup, like you don't get the sense of the age. It feels like this super young guy just yep. died, even though you know that's not true. I mean, this guy was married, he had kids, he had a life, he had a you know multiple yeah. careers. He was directed for the stage, you know, he had all this stuff that was not that. But his youth is forever, um, is forever etched. Am I does that? Am I making any sense? I think so. Yeah, I I feel you. Um, it's because he because he. Just like when I hear Nog, there's like a, a specific picture that enters my brain, right? Like, and it's not even Nog once he's like joined Starfleet and is, you know, pursuing that. It's like him and it, it's almost like, I don't know, like, uh, like having a, a nephew, like, like I have a niece and a nephew and they're like adults now and it's fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'll look back at like photos from my wedding <laughs> and see my little niece, <laughs> cute as a button, didn't know she was supposed to f- actually throw the flowers, just walking down the aisle with this basket. And she's just this adorable little doll. And she's in college, a full grown person and stuff, you know? And it's, and it's weird. And it's, but for me, there's a part of her that's still there. Um, and that's even more so with someone that I don't like something like, you know, with Nog, where it's that that's where I saw him, you know, and unlike you, I wasn't Facebook friends with him. So um, I I see him and Jake goofing off as kids trying to figure out how to be the only like two kids on this like really not fun space station, <laughs> you know, what I'm trying to make it fun. And that sort of mischievous smile that he had and how he was a little bit of a bad influence, but but like in a good way. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I feel you. Like he's sort of, that's where he is for me. So that's what it feels like is gone now. Because I don't know, I didn't have a lot of experience of him beyond that. Who is the quintessential Nog um, is a question I'd like to ask you because I know my answer. And I would tell you my quintessential Nog is Nog in the um, the very brief time that he was in the the Starfleet Academy uniform? That's how I picture him. I don't picture him once he's in the full-fledged Starfleet uniform, and I don't picture him as the little kid Nog. For me, um, there were many great uh, Nog episodes, and strangely, this is not a very good episode, 
but the episode The Valiant, where there there was the other defiant ship that was being flown by like the cadets who had taken over. Um, not a great episode, but great nog in that episode. And that's sort of the quintessential nog for me, is the nog who's Starfleet in training. And that's sort of what I think, because he is one of these characters that should not have worked. He's a character that if you had told me the eventual arc, I would have put my hands on my hip and said, that's stupid. That's never going to work. Yeah, um, I agree. I would have been like, that's ridiculous. It has such a great arc. And it shows, um, as, and what's so great, especially, I think, about his arc is, you know, because you have these arguments between, um, like, Cisco and and he's like you got it's like and you, and you i'm sure can relate to this much more than i being a parent being like i don't want you hanging out with that nog he's a bad influence like you had those conversations when i was growing up like i was a perfect little angel i never did anything wrong uh legitimately i was very boring my sister on the other hand <laughs> um you know was more colorful and there was definitely she had like a best friend who was great like for my remembrance of her but my parents at some point decided that she was a bad influence, that she was a problem. The reason that my sister was getting in trouble at school, skipping, doing all kinds of shit was her fault, you know? And I, and you have that with Nog where he's this troublemaker and he's the one that's, that's, and, and what you don't realize or what, you know, I feel like Cisco fails to realize and, and what's cool about his arc is he really gets brought up by Jake. Like Jake makes him better than he was. Like he starts out being very, very Ferengi and because of their interactions with each other and the way they learn from each other, I think that Jake learns to kind of relax a little bit because he's maybe a little bit too uptight, probably because of dad and, and Nog learns to have pride in himself and in what he's doing and to, um, pursue Starfleet that was huge and when it as as it happens you're pulling for him like you're like yeah man you really want him to make it because he's he's really showing that he's that he cares and that he's got this and it's just cool to see particularly a Ferengi have that arc yeah I think that it would be uh I mean I think it's him and seven right him and seven are the two that should not have worked at all um because you know there, there's this funny and this this funny moment and in the episode um i wish i could remember the name of it it's the one where Riker is exited the future imperfect where where the boy brings him forward and and he has a son and the and ends up all being a sham and stuff but he fi Riker finds himself in the future on the enterprise where he's the captain and one of the interesting notes about that episode is that uh, is that there is a Ferengi on the bridge. I think that's the episode. It's either that episode, or it's um, it's either that episode, or it's a uh, or it's the final episode. But I think it's that episode where there's a Ferengi on the bridge, and the idea of that is so silly yep. to a longtime Trek watcher, like mm -hmm. a Ferengi on the bridge. A star How does that even? How do you even do the same thing? Idea, same idea as like a Borg in on a starship. How is that even going to yep. work? How do you even yep. do that? Like their value like, systems are so completely different. How can that possibly make any sense? Um, and yet, his journey toward that, and how he maintains that journey toward that, without 
um, helping his journey with the, toward that without betraying ultimately what it is to be a Ferengi is really cool. It's really, really, really cool. Um, and I, I loved the fact that you could watch a character grow and change. He is, he stands, I mean, I've said before, he's one of my favorite characters in all of Star Trek. I think that you could make an argument that he's my favorite character on Deep Space Nine, although it depends what episode you're watching, right? Because Odo could be, Garrick certainly could be. Um, yeah, it's always so hard when there are a lot of really good characters, particularly ones that have really good arcs um, and that are well acted, and there's there's a lot of that on that show. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, it his... Um, seeing his his journey is definitely really cool to watch especially because you know you're you believe in the quark like journey so to speak because you feel like yeah he's a ferengi but like you he's got a soft heart in the same way that odo is like mr stickler for the rules but like he has this weird obvious kind of love you know bromancy thing with quark um, and that dynamic really works and it's they both kind of have this front but underneath it they're harboring um, sort of uh, anti-normally them thoughts if that makes sense uh, and you but but Nog because he's so young you actually watch him be okay become okay with there's nothing wrong with me being a Ferengi and that doesn't have to mean I can't be in Starfleet like those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, and I think that's a powerful idea in and of itself. And he really pulls it off believably, which is a tall order, frankly. What I like is that even once he's in Starfleet, um, you know, he carries... It's so funny because you look at... He is such a big part of such a dichotomy of, of flavors of, of Star Trek and Deep Space Nine. You know, the Valiant is, you know, Lord of the Flies in space. Uh, you have, he's such a big part of Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. He is a, you know, treachery, uh, well, I, I think it's treachery, faith in the Great River, I think is the one where he, that's the one where he is constantly trying to, to get, it's either that or in the cards. It's the one where he's trying to help everyone out. And he, by helping everyone else, he out, he like gets rid of Cisco's desk. And then mm. the desk gets replaced and like there's the teddy bear and Cisco eventually gets like that. That's one in the, in the cards There's so many like funny parts. But then you look at the episodes, like it's only a paper moon, which is him and Vic Fontaine. And if you were to tell me that there was going to be a Star Trek episode at the beginning of D space nine, you said, Hey, we're going to dedicate an entire Star Trek episode to that little Ferengi boy is going to be a member of Star Trek, Starfleet who had his leg blown off, who has PTSD and is living in the holodeck with a 1940s lounge singer. And I would go, what? <laughs> what? what does this oh, have to fuck. do with Deep Space Nine? And, yep. and they would go, yeah. And it's going to be one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever made. It's going to be up there. Top 20 is this episode. It's only a paper moon. I would I would have laughed. I would have laughed my balls off. Um, <laughs> I'm like okay sure <laughs> and yet I think that a lot of it to say nothing you know I don't want to say anything about bad about James Darren playing Vic he was the perfect guy to play Vic but he is a an emotional actor he is not um the heft of that episode lies on the on the very strong acting shoulders of Aaron Eisenberg oh definitely uh, and and how it goes from being funny to him being confident to him being lost to him being angry all the way to him finding acceptance it's amazing it's yeah. really 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 it's 
this incredible drive in just the one episode. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, it's impressive work. Yeah, and I would dare say there are main characters that never got episodes as good as him. You know, certainly poor Jake never got the the kind of arc that he got. But I would even say, you know, while he maybe got more money and more screen time, uh, although not as much as the end, I would say that Bashir did not have anywhere near the arc that Nog did. It's a shame because if you watch... If you watch uh, Alexander Siddig's later career, he has the acting chops to do it. But it was sort of like he absolutely does. Yeah, he's, he's underutilized. He's a buffoon. No, he's not. He's he's genetically enhanced. That's it. That's what you got. That's pretty yeah. much all you got. Um, but every season with Nog, you see a step toward what his eventual destination is. Um, it's it was so interesting what he did. You know the the three. You know, Quark, Nog, and Rom, what they did for the Ferengi as a as a species. Oh on, on Star Trek. Yeah. Um they took a you know, and it's interesting because both Rom and both Max Grodenchik and Armin Shimmerman both played Ferengi and Next Gen. And they were your stereotypical, yes, going to get the money, Ferengi. But if you look at at what the three of them did on on D Space Nine, it creates a show that is the the characters are are suddenly some of the most because i never liked ferengi episodes on next gen i was like ugh, i hate these guys um but what the ferengi <laughs> became on deep space nine was was it was so welcome like whenever there was a nog episode it was so welcome yeah it was so much it it, it started i feel like as such uh a i don't want to say flat but it kind of was uh generalization about and i think and i and I, it's like i don't know if this is purposeful or not but like this is the beauty of star trek whether it's on purpose or not is that you've got this idea right this is what the frangy are because this is how you see them in next gen right and it's very surface it's very this is all they care about you know and then you get to deep space nine and you've got these three frangy characters that you you know are around and you have episodes centered around them and you have episodes where they go to the home world and you learn there's so much more to the ferengi than you knew well it's because ferengi and i forget which african language it is but maybe it's swahili but in in any there's an african language where the word ferengi means white man that's what ferengi means that's where the word is from really yeah and the idea was the Ferengi is a reflection of us. Of, oh, absolutely. And it's clear. It's like if you even take two seconds to think about it, it's like, well, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's you know, maybe a little ramped up to make a point. But, you know, the misogyny and the, you know, sort of obsession with wealth and, and the accumulation of it. Um, it's but they do such a good job of showing that much like people. Right. Even though you could say that about us, there's people are still individuals, you know, um, and you get to see that, and you get to see that flushed out and realized on Deep Space Nine by having these characters, um, and you get to see what because I really get the feeling like part of maybe not so much, um, uh, uh, damn it, not Quark or Nog, but Nog's father, Rom. You, I always feel like he was a little. He was always a bit different, right? 
Um, but I feel like you see definitely with like Gong and Quark, you see their changes, their the way they grow is as is a result of them interacting not just with the Federation, but with multiple different, you know, cultures and how that can sort of open your world up a little bit, which I think is a big theme in Star Trek. That idea of here's the unknown and you can be scared of it and you, or you can be awed by it. And it, But at the end of the day, if you interact with it, you're going to learn and you're going to grow from it. And that's why they do what they do. That's why they're out there looking, you know? Um, I don't know if this is going to make you happier or sadder to know or to think about it, but uh, his last project in his life was that he was a podcaster. And uh, he created the Seventh Rule podcast, which is a Deep Space Nine-related podcast with him and another guy and... Uh, and Sarah Clofton, who played Jake Sisko. And so you could listen to Nog and Jake talk about uh, Deep Space Nine if you so chose. Um, And it's worth noting that, like, if you look, this is how sudden this happened. They were starting, you know, they did a review of, and this is the sort of thing, I don't know why I do this. Whenever somebody dies, I always go onto their Facebook and sort of see what they were up to right before. And it never makes me feel better. It always makes me feel more like death's coming to me. Um, like it always, like, like, like how weird. sudden it is, how, how nobody expects it. Um, yeah. But in this case, if you look at, you know, September 9th, you get to see uh, Nana Visitor comes to join them to review uh, Duet, the episode Duet. And then uh, you have a Patreon account on September 20th. They're like, please help get us our tour goal of 200 patrons by sharing this. Even $1 counts. Come be a part of this, the 7th Rule podcast. And that's September 20th. And then September 21st, the podcast Twitter says, hey, friends, a sudden you know Aaron Eisenberg is in the hospital in critical condition. And then that night on the 21st, uh, they say that he passed away. Um, and it's, you know, it's just amazing. The day before, they were like, hey, we're relaunching and this is what we're doing. It's going to be awesome. And then things happen so fast. That, that, you know, like I said, I always go and look at those sort of things because I feel like it'll give me some sort of clue, I guess. But it never really does that for me. It ends up instead making me go, holy crap. Like, it's just like, that's how fast it happens. Like one day they're like, hey, here's our plans. We got big plans. This is what we're going to. Because, you know, before they did that, like somebody made new artwork for them. And they're like, yeah, this is coming. This is what we're going to do this month. And then boom. Um, And it's scary. It's It's like. Like, it's scary to watch that. I don't know. Is that macabre? Is that weird that I do that? Am I the only one that does that? I mean, I don't. Um, I think everybody deals with death and dying in different ways. You know, so putting a label on it, I I don't think is um, useful or or helpful. Um, I wish it gave you what you were looking for um, instead of not. (laughs) But um, it's not like, how could you do such a thing that's so crazy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't think there's anything super weird about it necessarily. Um, like I said, everybody deals differently, and um, it, it definitely makes me sadder too. Like, I don't, I don't know what's sadder. You know what I mean? God, it's, it's yeah, that's hard. I don't know if it's, it's worse that everything was going great and they're getting ready to sort of embark on a new adventure, and then you just have one then, bad day, and, and that's it. Yeah. Um. 
or if life sucks and you know he's not producing art anymore and he's just like fuck all this and then he dies and that also sucks like, i'm not sure which is is worse I, I i guess in some ways it's 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 better because he died happy one hopes that he, because he was getting ready to do this probably excited about what they were gonna do and like that's better than than dying you know feeling i don't know like just blah about life the universe and everything yeah um, i know it's it's i don't know I mean, it just it sucks i don't know why much. things like this you know i mean because deep space nine is the show i've watched more than any other show i think it's to this point um i've watched it all the way through from front to back and if you compare that to the original series, keep in mind that is that is it's twice as long as the original series. So it's like watching if I've watched it five times through, it's like watching the original series ten times through, which I know I haven't done every single episode. And you watch this guy, you watch him grow up, and then he's a kid again. You watch him grow up, and then he's a kid again. You watch him grow up, and then he's a kid again. I've watched it go through so many times and now I will know and I, I don't think it's going to get in the way of me watching things I can still watch the original series even though people on that are dead I can watch Angel even though I know you know that there are actors from that who are dead you know I I just have a harder time um, I think this time when I watch it through like there's always going to be that twinge like oh oh and that's how yeah, I, like, I when think I, see I the- have a harder time when they're when they're younger like I still like it took me a while before I was able to watch some you know some Spock again because but it, but it felt more like I have that it was more of a comfort that that is out there and he's not really gone and for some reason to me I guess the when they're younger it's it's more like god they were so great what more could they have done they just didn't get the chance it's really interesting when you say that. that brings me down. It's interesting when you say that. And this is true for any show, but especially for a legacy show, because there are shows out there that like, look, there, look at all the shows that are on TV right now and all the shows that are on later. But, you know, the last 20 years, you're going to boil down. You're going to go, oh, OK, you know, Lost, Buffy, ER, CSI, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like you like of the hundreds of shows, you know, The Big Bang Theory. Like you'll probably come up with fifty shows out of the thousand shows that have been out there, and some shows like you know, you know, like ER, CSI don't really hold up to rewatching because they're so procedural. Oh yeah. Um, shows like certainly nobody's going to go. Nobody's going to get to the end of you know everybody loves Raymond and go. Let's start back at the first episode again. Like I guess there's someone, but like it's not going to be something that that is is done because the arc isn't there. The thing about Deep Space Nine in particular and legacy shows and Star Trek shows it, you know, in general is that people do watch them over and over and over and over again. Like people do. People, I've, I've watched Voyager three times through. I watched Enterprise twice through and you know that's my least favorite. Like it's a, I've watched legacy. that probably three or four times through. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's interesting if you listen to specifically Voyager, if you listen to Kate Mulgrew talk, um, and Shatner talked a little bit about it too. And, and Patrick Stewart actually watched The Captains, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but if you particularly talk, <laughs> listen to Mal- Mulgrew and Shatner and um, Mulgrew and Shatner and uh, and Patrick Stewart talk, they talk specifically about what sacrifices they made in their lives to play these characters and be part of these shows. And it's interesting because if you look at a life 
like Aaron Eisenberg's, he gave a seventh of his life. He didn't know that would be the case, but he gave a seventh of his life just to playing Nog. And he gave kind of the rest of his life after that to remembering playing Nog. He appeared in, at conventions in makeup. So he would come oh, to wow. conventions as Nog and you get signings with him as Nog. Wow. Um, so Nog was over tough. half of his life, but specifically regarding the shows that he taped. What he gave us was his time. And while his talent was considerable and his work was important, what he gave us of his life was his time. He gave us years of his life and we took them and we took that time and we enjoyed that time. And we, I go back through over and over again and the time that he gave to millions of people, he has given to me personally. He gave me a personal gift because there are at least seven or eight Nog-centered episodes that have brought me brought me joy that I think about, we've talked about, I've watched them over and over again. He has given time to me because I've taken my time to enjoy the time that he lost, almost as if he put time into the community chest at, uh, in Monopoly, and every once in a while I get to hit <laughs> free parking and take his time for myself and enjoy it. And the thing is, is the investment of time that he made goes on forever. I think that's yeah. really interesting. Because, because if you were to take his 50 years and you go 50 years times 365 days a week times 24 hours a day and you assume with bathroom breaks that every episode of DS9 takes you an hour, then what you end up with is you end up with a certain amount of hours of his entire life that he got to live. And yet, I would dare say that given the amount of people who've watched him and watched him and rewatched him and rewatched him and rewatched him, 10 times that, 100 times that of time has been given for people to, like we said at the Ed Trekoff movie, just get out of their lives just a little bit and, and escape into the art he created with his time. Yeah. So, so in a way, he got to live to be 500 because he didn't get to enjoy it, but we all did. And what gift can you give that is better and more important to anyone than the gift of your time? Yeah. It's, it's all you have. It's the only currency that you have. Money will not do you good at the end. It will not get you more of it. Nope. All you really have is time. And he gave his and a hundredfold people have had that time given back to them. And it was an amazing investment into all of our lives. Um, and, you know, I know this is a weird, big old episode to give to a guy who, you know, to the outside world is just a bit player. He was a he was a, a recurring character on a on a on a lesser known Star Trek from from years ago. Um, but I mean, correct me if I'm right. There was something special about what he did. Was there not? Yeah, I, like, I think so. Yeah. Like, that's why I said like I like I well, you just told me about the whole the, the podcast and what they were going to do, like. I guess in my brain, I can imagine like, God, how cool would that have been? Like, who knows? Like maybe, you know, a year from, from now we would have been like, Hey, let's do a crossover episode. And they would have been like, yeah, totally. Like, and how cool would that have been? And it's like, you think about the stuff I do anyway, when they're that, when they're young, I think that's what I'm saying. I think about what's, what's gone, what can't be now, like what we're, and, and I think that's the sadness that comes 
I think eventually I'll get past it and I'll just be able to enjoy getting to see him that like that is one of the things I love about film I love about TV um that makes it like because I love theater I love the transience of it I love that it's different every time I love the energy the exchange of the people in the room but what I love so much about you know film and and TV is this right here is the fact that this art that this man created that was incredibly well done and thought-provoking isn't just gone so he's not ever just gone totally you know and that's not true for everybody in the world i mean it's it's hopefully truer now with everybody's got you know cameras on their phone you can have you know the the typical crying as you watch old movies from growing up or whatever um but it's it's so cool that that part of him gets to live on i feel like it's just easier for me to accept when they've like lived a really long full life and there's more out of their art out there versus they had more art to give and we're never going to we're never gonna get to have that too. Like I want more. Like I'm a greedy bitch. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like, but wait, I really liked that. I want more of that. No, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> um, so I think well, that's that where my sadness era, comes because, from. Because we're we're in this new era of Star Trek where, like, because of the way they can shoot stuff now, because you know so much of Discovery is shot on green screen, um. And it can be done so well now and so inexpensively. The idea of Nog showing up in Picard season two, that could have happened. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, and I would have been, would have been. Because who the fuck imagined that you'd see seven so of nine cool. on the Picard thing, right? Like, you never would have imagined that would have been a thing. If suddenly Nog shows up, even for a second, and you're like, holy shit, that's Nog. Nog's there. It yeah, it would have been such a neat to see where he is now. Right in that in the universe and in the character that he created. And like, we just we won't get that now. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. Um, So let's get into it real quick. Uh, Aaron Eisberg was born on January 6th, 1969. He was adopted into a Jewish family and born with one with only one partially. This is from Wikipedia. Only one partially functioning kidney, which limited his height. He received a kidney transplant at the age of 17. He studied theater at Moore Park College in Moore Park, California. Um, he starred on TV shows like Tales from the Crypt, Amityville, The Evil Escapes, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, The Wonder Years in General Hospital, um, a couple of independent movies, um, and then uh, and then eventually found himself uh, in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, he was in uh, seven seasons of Deep Space Nine. Uh, he was in from the very, I think, second episode uh, to the end, he appears. I'm looking real quick on how many episodes he appears in, and I don't have that. I'd have to read this whole thing, and I can't do it. So I say, you look. He appears in five episodes of season one, three of season two, three of season three, one, two, three, four, five of season four, and then you just watch it explode. Season five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Season six, it looks like more. Season seven, he's in over half of the episode. Um, so you just see that he is like he becomes this huge he takes a, a a role that you know season two is only three episodes and he takes this season three only three episodes only in 11 episodes which, between season one and season three 
and yet he takes this character and it just explodes. Um, mm-hmm. And because and, what, and you me- know that that part of that absolutely needs to go to his credit because you know it's not pretend that if he wasn't able if he couldn't bring it if he didn't have more to give and if people didn't respond to his character they wouldn't have written more for him to do like we know that's how this shit works behind the scenes you know what i mean so we know that's why we got more and more of him because he you know was interesting he wanted this you wanted to see his character you wanted to see what was gonna happen next with him and that's that's all him you know, obviously, if the writing had been complete crap, it, it's very hard to salvage that, uh, even when you're a good actor. <laughs> but it wasn't, uh, and and it allowed him to to show what he can do. And the more that he showed what he could do, the more they were like, "Hey, let's give this guy some more stuff to do because he can do it." Like, let's do it. Let's do this shit. And that's awesome. That's that's very. I mean, that's that's a tough thing to do. You know what I mean? To start as this character, like you said, that just showed up sort of randomly like I don't like you and I both know it wasn't like they sat down when they started Deep Space Nine and they were like so we have this character Nog this is what we want to do with him we're gonna have him just be the you know Quark's brothers he's, he's gonna be Quark's nephew he's just gonna he's gonna be around a little bit so he can be another younger character for Jake to, to interact with um but then we're gonna have him as he grows up want to go into Starfleet and blah blah like that shit was not fucking on the table like that shit happened because he brought it he he brought something really engaging to watch and they were like hey you know what we could do some shit here and that's impressive frankly well, and i think i think i think it's a, a testament to the power of good hard work and doing good work because if you like there were a lot of people who guest starred on episodes who eventually just sort of went away and Nog became super memorable, even to the point where if you were playing Star Trek Online, you could probably play with him now because he has been the voice of Nog on Star Trek Online, um, which is still running and still out there. Um, so, I mean, this is a this is this is a guy who, again, gave you know a lot of himself to the Star Trek franchise, and I think that we're all the better for it. Uh, so, um, you know, may may the Great River bring you endless profit. Um, uh, you are the, the, the Nagus of all Ferengi as far as I am concerned. Uh, certainly my favorite Ferengi, um, certainly one of my favorite characters in, in possibly my favorite character on Deep Space Nine, one of my favorite characters in all of Star Trek, uh, Aaron Eisenberg, man, thank you very much for, for being awesome and everything you did. I wish you had more time, uh, and I wish that you could see the outpouring of love that came. I think, you know, it's one thing, listeners, uh, that I would take from this is that, you know, it's not like he is, you know, when Shatner dies, we'll have a much longer episode. Like that's, you know, when one of our friends dies, we'll have an even longer episode. Um, but even when there's something like this where you're like, oh my gosh, here's a guy who just touched my heart a little bit and, and we have some time to think about it. Wouldn't it have been great to have done this before he died? And more than, not that he would have cared about an episode just dedicated to him, although if he found out there was one, he probably would have listened to it as a podcaster. Um, take the opportunity, as you have it, to celebrate the people that you want to celebrate when they're here to appreciate it. Because yeah, that's it, a it really bums good me out when people go, oh man, I wish I told them how great they were. 
Yeah. And people need to hear that stuff. We need to hear that stuff. Um, you know, it's interesting. If we let's say we record this podcast until the day that one of us dies. There are people who are discovering the podcast. There are people right now who are listening to this episode in, you know, in 2024 who have just like they're just working their way through the Trek Off podcast, um, <laughs> um, which we're, we're going into, by the way, in February, what will be our 10th year. Um, and at the end oh of it, February, February 2021 will be February 9th, 2021 will be our 10th year of trekking off. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, we've been trekking off on the Internet for you for eight and a half a years. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, so people are working their way through, you know, I think about, you know, people I've known, of course, I think about, you know, our buddy, Brian, I think about that guy a lot. Um, yeah. you know, and just gone, geez, why, you know, why do we, you know, just take a second to go give him a call and go, Hey, you're awesome, man. Uh, so if there's some, someone on your mind, doesn't need to be us, uh, someone that you're thinking about, yeah. you just want to <laughs> say, Hey, Hey, you're awesome. Go do it right now. Right now. Like, yeah, we're, do we're that any, shit. Like, yeah, I don't think we as, as I don't think done. people so, do this enough, period. Even if it's just somebody who brightened your day up when it was bad one time, like fucking tell them that shit. It doesn't cost you anything. Just do it. Just send them a message on, you know, Facebook or text them or Twitter or whatever. There's so many things now. Just just say it because there's no bad that can come from that. No one's gonna be like, "Fuck that guy. They're weird. Why would they say they Why would they say that? Like, you're never. That's never gonna be poorly received. Like, I perfect example. I you know, was leaving um, a doctor's appointment, and um, this this lady saw me, and uh, she asked if she could pray for me. And as you know, I'm not. You know, I'm like agnostic. I'm not sure where I you know fall. I'm. I think there's something higher than us, but I'm not sure what. And and it's like. Absolutely, but it was such a it was such a beautiful and sweet gesture. Here was this this stranger um, who saw someone you know in pain or going through something and was like, I, "I would like to pray for you." You know what I mean? Like, who says, "Nah, fuck you in your prayer"? You know what I mean? Like, even if you don't believe in whatever the thing is, it was like, "I would like to meditate on you." I would like to 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 pray to Buddha for you. I would like whatever the thing is. Like, it's it's kind of like that. Like the showing another human being uh kindness and that you care about their existence and that it matters to you in any in any way however that might be uh is good there's nothing bad that can come from that and we don't do it enough so like do that shit yeah and and you you hit on something really important that there is that that there is a no barrier to entry for for giving people positive uh, positive things to say. Now, don't yeah. lie. Don't don't bullshit. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Don't be demonstrative for no reason. But if you're thinking a thing, sure. that's yeah. all I'm saying. If you're Just thinking a thing, Just if a it. thing has popped into your head and you go, ah, oh, you know what? I'm thinking this. That is, that is the time. And it's so easy. If you're on Facebook, you just have to type the first three letters of their name and they'll come up. If you're on Twitter, do the same. You have their email. You can text them. You can say it to them. You can, you know, just go here. Man, here's the best gift I can give you. You are, you're, you're great for this reason. You did this thing that I really like. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron Eisenberg, for, uh, for being a, being a force for good. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, yes. Thank you, Aaron my- Eisenberg, for giving us a wonderful character that, that you brought to life. 
um, and for I'm sure the myriad of of kindnesses that you did in your everyday life and the people whose lives you touched um, that you may not even know you touched. Um, thank you for that. Yep. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. <laughs>